cliff diving. Dusty didn't say, you fucking dick, Parker, or anything like I would have had I been pushed off a cliff. He didn't fight the push or try to turn. Instead, he jumped gracefully off the cliff like a platform diver, arms spread doing a graceful slow-motion flip and landing like a cat would, 20 feet below on an outcropping of rocks I didn't even know was there. Now, when I say landing like a cat would... That's wildly misleading, because although he did land on all fours like a cat would, he didn't land softly like a cat would. By the time old Dusty hit that outcropping, he was falling so fast, he smashed down pretty much like the coyote does in the Roadrunner cartoons, just not as flat. Peaches and I were both in shock. The fleshy thump Dusty's body made landing on the rock was sickening. "'You little asshole!' She said and dropped to her knees at the edge of the cliff, attempting to get a better view of where Dusty had crash-landed. Baby, baby, are you all right? Oh, baby, your arm. I ran behind the breakfast table, seeking protection, but the big woman didn't come after me. That's when I came up with another genius idea. Peaches was kneeling at the edge of the cliff, looking at her little guy when I shouted, Peaches! and threw the bag of off-brand powdered sugar donuts perfectly in a slow arch just beyond her reach and over the edge of the cliff. If I didn't know better, I'd say she seemed confused as to why I'd waste a whole bag of off-brand powdered sugar donuts. What in the... She barked in disgust as she stretched for the donuts. She seemed more pissed at this injustice than me pushing Dennis off a cliff. To her credit, she almost got a hand on that off-brand powdered sugar goodness before she lost her balance, and honestly, it would have been one hell of a grab for anyone that big. She started a slow-motion roll over the edge. She fought her momentum, but it was like watching her try to turn her massive body in the car. It wasn't happening. In an incredible display of athleticism for a large woman still in her comfort shoes, Peaches sprang from the cliff. From what I could gather after the fact, it wasn't to land on another outcropping. She was going after those off-brand powdered sugar donuts. Peaches, I heard from under the cliff. It was dusty. Peaches, no, no, no! I looked over the edge to see Peach's body violently tumbling down the rock face of the cliff. There was no outcropping of rock to land on, and if there was, who's to say the outcropping could even take that kind of impact? It was incredible to see her bounce the way she did. She looked like a gigantic jelly-filled weather balloon, smashing rocks from their billion-year perches with each cliffside impact. Peaches finally slammed into the ocean below, creating a mushroom cloud splash that could probably be seen by fishermen five miles out. I looked down and over at Dusty, who was bleeding from his forehead and had a sharp bone protruding from his bloodied left arm. You killed her! You killed my peachy poo! Did I, though? I'd like to think I just contributed to her death. Regardless, I was flying high. What I thought was certain death two minutes ago was now euphoria beyond anything I had ever experienced. I drank as much orange juice as I could before answering Dusty. No, Dusty, you can relax. I didn't kill peaches. I just threw the donuts. It was her love for off-brand powdered sugar donuts that did her in. I'm going to kill you, Parker Duke. I am going to kill you, and it's going to take so long you will beg me to end your life. I walked back to the edge. Dusty, 
I'm not saying that you can't kill me or that it doesn't scare the hell out of me, but it's hard to take you serious right now. You just don't seem to be in the best position to do it anymore. I mean, just look at your arm. You're losing a lot of blood, and you still have to climb up this cliff with one arm. Frankly, it seems pretty unlikely, even for you. I had extreme confidence because the wall of rock between Dusty's outcropping and my perch seemed impossible for anyone, even for a healthy Dusty, to climb. Even so, given my experience with him so far, if Dusty didn't have a jagged bone protruding from his left arm, I would be shitting my drawers. Dusty took off his tidy whities and used them as a tourniquet on his broken arm. Dude, I said, that is the smallest penis I have ever seen. And you wouldn't believe how small mine is right now. Dusty didn't say a thing, but turned away. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Dusty. I wasn't making fun of you for that. It just came out. I was just surprised, that's all. Your balls seem pretty big, though. I bet you're very fertile. Is that why you were so sensitive about your name being spelled like penis? Because your denis is so small? Poor Dusty, and I mean that. I know he's going to kill me and all, but... It's a tough thing to live with. The saying size doesn't matter or it's not the size of the wave but the motion of the ocean are just phrases to placate those poor dudes with tiny ding-dings. Think about it. If you are the biggest, smartest, best-looking guy in the room but you had the dick the size of a pinky finger, nine out of ten people won't take you seriously. No matter what you do, you might as well have a little asterisk following you around. Didn't he climb K2 without an air tank and no Sherpa to guide him? Yeah, he did. But I heard his dick is the size of a minnow. Really, that's probably why he climbs mountains. Dusty growled from below. By the time you find your way into town, I will have climbed up this cliff. I will not stop until I find you, and I am going to kill you in the most painful way you could ever imagine. If you can imagine, Mr. Duke, pain is something that I'm very good at. What? Do you think this is a James Bond movie? I'm not leaving you here until I know you're dead. I've always wondered why they didn't just shoot James Bond when they had him instead of leaving him to die by a really slow-moving laser or something. You're a secret agent. Wouldn't you want to know your arch nemesis is dead? I would. I'm not letting you climb up, and I'm not leaving until you jump off. Game's over, Dusty. Go ahead and join Peaches. I'm not jumping off. Dusty was still turned away, hiding his small penis and large testes from my sight. Dusty. The world is ending anyway. Just jump and be with Peaches again. I can't kill you. It's not in my nature. Pushing you is hard enough. I'd really appreciate it if you'd just do an assessment of your situation and jump. I laid down to look over the cliff's edge. It made me nervous to stand there. Dusty bent down and turned around with a rock in his hand. I wasn't trying to be mean, but I couldn't help it. Wow, that's a small penis. Dusty launched the rock at me, and it seemed way off. I intended to say something witty about his miss tossed, but all I got out was, ha, because it wasn't a miss. The rock knocked me out cold as it nailed me on the back of my head on its way down. When I came to, I panicked and looked over the edge of the cliff to see Dusty climbing, one-handed, only six or seven feet left to go. Fuck! I jumped to my feet and got a whole pineapple and a pitcher of orange juice from the table. Even in the middle of a crisis, I couldn't resist pounding more fresh-squeezed orange juice. I chugged half the carafe and felt the cells in my body gasp in relief as they rehydrated. 
I'm going to enjoy killing you, Mr. Duke. You might want to reconsider your situation and jump because I'm going to make you wish you were dead. Dusty, if there's anyone that can do it, it's certainly you. Take a break and let's talk it over. Fuck you, Duke, he grunted and pulled himself up another foot closer to me. I poured the orange juice all over him and the rocks he was climbing on in an attempt to make them harder to grasp. Dusty screamed as the fresh-squeezed orange juice hit his bloody forehead and went into his eyes. Do you like pineapple? I said as I dropped it on him, hitting him squarely in the face. Dusty growled like a bear and continued to look for another handhold. I grabbed a chair and said, Hey, Dusty, you look tired. Take a seat. The chair hit him squarely in the forehead and stopped. He pushed it off and smiled. The climb looked easier. He was going to kill me, slowly. I ran to get another chair. Parker, Parker, Parker. As he got closer, this small, tiny, penis man with a compound fracture was getting his confidence back. This is going to be the most fun I've had in quite some time. I'm going to bring you to the brink of death and then pull back. And then I'm going to fuck you in the ass. I had a second chair waiting and looked over the edge to see him smiling at me. Dusty. I don't believe in hitting a man when he's down, so don't take this the wrong way, but just out of curiosity, how could that even be possible when your penis is so small? I mean, don't you have to have the length to get it past my butt cheeks? I threw the chair at him, but completely missed. Dusty watched the chair sail past him while he hung from one arm. Oh, Parker boy, don't you worry about my penis. I'm going to use the same giant dildo I used on Peach's sweet ass last night. I quickly visualized the act Dusty just alluded to in my mind with Peach's gargantuan white ass front and center. No unicorns frolicking in the mist, just Peach's and her giant dildo. I threw up acid, bile, and gallons and gallons of delicious fresh-squeezed orange juice all over Dusty in four or five powerful hurls. He would lean one way or the other and try to duck the hurl, but my aim was deadly accurate. I couldn't throw a chair, but I could put a hurl anywhere I wanted within a ten-foot radius. With each face shot, Dusty screamed in pain and even at one point tried to use his broken arm to wipe the hurl from his face and eyes, but he couldn't raise it high enough. He looked like a marionette with one missing string. I could see his grip weakening and saw he was slipping off the stone. Within two seconds, he was falling again, missing the outcropping by at least a foot and bouncing down the cliff face, very much like Peaches did. But Peaches, as far as I could tell, never had a leg come off. That must have hurt. Holy shit. Dusty and Peaches were gone. I wiped my mouth, took in the view, and sat in silence and shock. After a couple minutes, my heart stopped racing. Turning around, I saw a helicopter parked on the roof. I walked back into the house, wondering how CIA operatives have the money to afford this kind of setup. This all sucked so incredibly much. I guess you could say I'd gotten used to bad shit happening to me, but in this instance, everybody shared my bad luck. Even my buddy Tom Kidd Maxwell, a professional sperm donor and the luckiest son of a bitch I've ever known, was going to die soon. I went back into the house and noticed Dusty's black backpack was by the fireplace. There was money piled next to it. Upon closer inspection, I saw Dusty and Peaches had used stacks of $100 bills to start a fire. More depressing proof it was the end of the world. 
I wandered around the house and found my car keys in the trash can, along with Dennis and Peaches' CIA badges. If you can believe it, Peaches was her real name, and by judging from her title, Peaches and Cream Wangard was Dusty's boss. I also found and managed to avoid her giant dildo, even though I felt like it should be thrown over the cliff for safety reasons. Through a door that was just off the kitchen, I found Dusty's office. There, on the middle of the desk, was a folder with a cliched, top-secret red stripe printed on it. It was labeled Operation Icarus, which I couldn't help but envy because that would have been such a cool name for my big deal. I opened the flap up and read the whole thing, which confirmed everything Brock, Dusty, and Peaches had told me. I had somehow managed to hold on to a little hope that all this might be too crazy to be true, but there it was, right in front of me. Pictures of huge metallic things buried in the ground, one of them with two backhoes magnetically crushed to the sides like steamrolled Muppet dolls. There was a summary of the other self-coring electromagnetic cylinders and their locations around the earth. Probably the most disturbing was a red page detailing Dusty's orders with a terminate-if-necessary directive that must have sent shivers of joy down Peach's fatigued spine. I walked outside, torn apart, and sat on the safer part of the cliff where Peaches was exercising. I bawled like a small child, not for the looming destruction of our planet, but for my current situation. Motherfucker, I lost all my money, and the minute I made it back, the fucking world's toast. I thought about all the people in my life and whether I'd even be able to get back to them or even get to say goodbye. With my luck, when the earth splits in two, I'll probably be getting ass-raped as part of a violent gang ritual in a train car traveling across the underbelly of South America. Perfect. After a good 10 or 15 minutes of pessimistic bawling and helplessness, I realized that this was my world that was about to be destroyed and it was up to me to save it.